sports might not be going on, but Wizards After Dark is going on from my apartment because that's where everybody should be, their homes right now. And that's exactly where I am. I've left my house one time in the last eight days. Uh, and that one time when I was out, I saw Garrison Matthews on the street. So I have a 100% Garrison Matthews rate when leaving my house during this crazy, crazy time. I'm Fred Katz. I'm the host of Wizards After Dark. I I cover the Wizards for The Athletic, whatever the hell covering the Wizards means nowadays. And shockingly, on the other end of the Skype line, I promise... I, I I will get some other guests at some point during this uh, during this season suspension, but I don't know if I'll get a better one. On the other end of the Skype line is Ben Standing. As it's pretty obvious, I'm willing to come on the podcast almost whenever. And at this point, like I'm dealing with uh, covering uh, the football side of things for the DC Athletic and free agencies happening. But once we get to next week, uh, you know, I've I've already got a bunch of words with friends game going online. Uh, you know, I don't know what else I, I'm going to have going on. So podcast as needed. Uh, you know, the professional operation that we have going on right now, there's like construction going on next door. And I hope you can't hear that. I'm like muting my mic from from my bedroom. Hopefully people can't hear it. I'm muting my bike, my mic every time we talk, Ben. So so uh, I can't hear it great. from what it's worth. Well, this is going great. This is this is exactly the type of content that we should be providing nowadays. You got like got like a round the horn done on Skype. That's wild. Like that's wild to me. Watching like John Oliver not in front of a crowd. Watching all that, the late yeah, night shows crazy. not with an audience. You know. So so fun fun, fun fact. I did uh, News Channel Eight has a uh, sports show that I go on every so often, and they asked me to come on the other night, but do it over Skype. And so, like, they earlier in the day, they like tested it to see if it would work, but I didn't know what the angle would look like. And I, and like, I needed to position my phone a little bit further away from my face than it was. And so, when I saw the screen and I, ha- I had my TV on just to see what it looked like, my face is like completely jammed, like, all the way up. It looked like I'm, it's like with the attack of the, of, the, of the Amazon people or something. It looked like I was like some overlord. It looked ridiculous. But th- that's where we're at right now. Like every, everybody's having to, to figure these things out on the fly and come up with uh, new solutions. And yeah, it's uh, the, the world is the world is crazy right now. Oh, beyond. I we're obviously going to talk about coronavirus stuff because like I, I have you had a conversation with anybody in the last week and a half where it hasn't come up like we're going to talk about it because it's just impossible to have a conversation with another human being and not have it come up at this point. That being said, I'm not going to rule this coronavirus free zone because that's crazy and not possible. But I I am going to try to limit coronavirus talk on here, except for in the ways that it pertains to the NBA and the NBA season and that kind of stuff. The reason being like the other day I'm sitting at home. So part of me is thinking when I do my writing and my podcast and that kind of stuff, how do you talk about sports and how do you talk about the Wizards and not talk about this? Because it is just affecting every single thing that every single person is doing. How you can't go out to restaurants. You can't you really shouldn't be leaving your home. You got to be. I've been washing my hands to such a degree that my knuckles are literally just like ble- bleeding from not being touched. Like I just move my fingers and my my skin rips open because it's so dry. Like it's very, very it's as disgusting as it sounds. And there are all these ways p- 
people are getting sick and it's going to get worse. And, and there are all these scarier ways and then lighter ways that it's affecting us. And I think, how can I not bring this up in my stories? How can I not write about only this? And then at the same time, I'm sitting there. People listening to the podcast know I'm a huge, huge baseball fan. I love baseball. I love baseball as much as I love basketball. And I'm a giant Yankee fan. And I just don't miss Yankee games ever. And I'm sitting there thinking, man, like this would be so much better if I could just watch a Yankee game right now. This would go so much faster. My morale would be so much better. I'd be so much happier. Anything that comes out about the Yankees, I'm going to read. I just want that as a Yankee fan, you know? And I understand that I'm obviously not getting that. Obviously, you can't play baseball games right now. But in tough times, sports are so much better. And it's it's so much more entertaining to be able to talk about the sports. And so I, I'm in a position, and you're in a position, Ben, to where we can just talk about the sports. And, and we can give to Wizards fans the thing that I want out of being a Yankee fan, which is just like fun stuff. So it'll come up because stuff comes up. But but I kind of just want to talk about the basketball. And that's just not that's not just for today. Like in general. We did our coronavirus podcast on on the night the season was suspended last week. And I kind of just want to talk about the basketball, you know? No, I'm with you. I, I, the only thing I'll say, and then we can move on to the Wizards, is just simply to the point of have I had a conversation with anybody not about this? The answer would be not. Of course, of course I haven't. And the weird part has been when getting off the phone <laughs> with somebody, it isn't just the, the normal flipping, all right, man, I'll catch you later, bye, hang, whatever. It's like, or sometimes you're like half not paying attention because you're moving on to the other thing or I'm looking at Twitter. It's like really sort of understanding that this conversation I mean, you know, we're all hoping for the best, but like, the, the, you know, there's so much uncertainty out there. You're kind of like, hey, man, good luck out there. <laughs> and 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 that and the fact that we all are going through this, literally every single person on the planet, it isn't just something that's happening in this country or, you know, a snowpocalypse is happening that we're, we're all stuck. Everybody on the planet is going through this. And so it is fascinating from that perspective. Obviously, it's some scary stuff. And everybody, like you said, you know, stay in, stay safe, be smart. But uh yeah, it, it is. It is a fascinating thing that we're all going through in the sports world as well, because, yeah, I mean, all of us are essentially just, you know, in this limbo of, of you know, nothing happening. You know, all we can do is sort of contemplate uh, the, the teams that we cover in various ways and just try to, you know, I don't know, occupy our time to, to some degree. Yeah. And the podcast is still going to be going on. I don't know if it'll be quite as often. But I'm still going to be doing it at least once a week, maybe twice a week, depending on the week, depending on stories I have coming out. On Thursday and Friday this week, we're recording this Wednesday afternoon. I don't know if the podcast is going to come out Wednesday night, if we're going to wait till Thursday morning to put it out. But Thursday, at some point, I'm going to have part one of a series going up about wizard storylines I wish I could see the end of. I don't know if I'm going to see the end of it. Like I, I don't know. I don't think anybody knows. You talk to people in the league and everyone just kind of has their their guesses about what would be appropriate on on if there's going to be a season and if there is a season, if they just go straight into the postseason. One thing I've thought about so much is how hard would it be for guys to jump back in and have their first game that they haven't played in three months be a postseason game, you know, like playoff intensity game right off the bat. I don't know if that's fair to ask. So do they do like three to five regular season games that basically just act as a warm-up for the playoff teams? Do they 
basically just have like a preseason of just postseason teams? Do they have a preseason of everybody and then the postseason teams take off? Do they try to get as many games in as possible and just kind of do 10 regular season games? It all depends on when they come back. I don't really know. I wanted to take some... Nobody knows. I, I wanted to take some questions from listeners for this one, so I put out a call on Twitter. And uh, let's let's start with some of them. Let's start with something that's along the lines of the scheduling that I was talking about, because it's a fun one, and it's something I've asked people myself. Uh, from uh, Kike H.O.G., do you think that if the season is resumed in June or July, John Wall... We'll have a shot at coming back this season. Ben, you want to take this one or or should I? Uh, sure. So I was listening uh, to uh, Bill Simmons and Ryan Rosillo's podcast earlier today, and they started doing this bit about like if what 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 are some of the t- or, uh, they were talking about just random things, and somebody came up with the idea of hey, you know the Brooklyn Nets right now are the seventh seed, and the odds of them winning the title are one hundred and fifty to one. If the playoffs resume in like three three months, and hypothetically KD and Kyrie could actually play, would you would, would the Nets be a good bet? And so it did make me think in terms of the Wizards, you know, about this. Now I'm assuming that if whatever the NBA resumes, it'll just be the regular season is effectively over, and the playoffs are where they're at, and the Wizards are get what five five and a half back out, and blah blah blah. But like if we play it out that there's you know the regular season. Is we, we the the league plays out the regular season and the Wizards, you know, I don't know if the five and a half is still probably too much, but is it a chance for them to come back and to, to actually make the playoffs? I still would imagine the answer would be no, but I if things were a little bit closer and then I do at that point I do wonder if they would. In fact, I would. I don't want to even like say that I think that they would because I have no earthly idea. This is a medical thing, uh, obviously. But if it would be a lot more, it would be so interesting if they were really like a game or two out of the eighth seed. You know, there have been moments where they were close, how that would handle. I'm sure John would absolutely push for it. And then at that point, the Wizards would be an interesting team. I mean, he would be rusty as hell, but so would everybody, I guess, to some degree. So here are the chances of the Wizards making the playoffs. Let's say the Magic play to their winning percentage the rest of the year. They have 17 games left. Let's say they go eight and nine the rest of the way. That puts them at 38 wins, 44 losses. The Magic would have the tiebreaker on the Wizards because they swept them in the season series. So that means the Wizards would have to get to 39 wins. In order for the Wizards to get to 39 wins, they would need to go 15 and three the rest of the year. I don't care if John Wall comes back and he's twice as good as he was in 2017. They're not going 15-3 and three the rest of the year. And even if John Wall comes back and uh, you don't play that many remaining games, it obviously makes it even tougher. Now, that being said, that wasn't the question. The question was, do you think John Wall could come back? And the answer is, I'm not totally sure. I, I would lean no. Because a lot of the logic on what they're saying still applies to all of this, which is John has said, he said when I did a Q&A with him a month and a half ago, he wants to come back when he's able to actually play real starter minutes. I don't think he's ever going to be at a point where he's playing 36, but at least at a point where he's playing 28 or 30 or something like that, and that he'll be able to do. 
I don't think he wants to come in and play five games, seven games, and do what Paul George did in the season where he broke his leg. It's just, that's not up his alley. That's not what he wants. It's not what the team wants. On top of that, I don't think anybody sees an upside for it. And I don't think that changes, even if this happens in, say, June or July, as opposed to April when the end-of-season games were originally scheduled. I just don't think anybody sees much of an upside for it. Now, John has been scrimmaging with the Go-Go about twice a week or so. Depends on scheduling. They try to make it so it's once every three days. And he's been he's been scrimmaging with the Go-Go. By the way, I'm going to have a story on that, uh, which I'm working on. I think we're going to put it out next week. Uh, but I'll have a story on John, John with the Go-Go sometime next week. And from everything everybody says, he looks good. Like, he's playing real basketball. So... I think the main part of John not coming back this year is not necessarily he's not physically able to do it. Now, I don't know if he's in the ideal basketball shape, but part of the point of him not being in the ideal basketball shape is that he never anticipated coming back this year. I also don't know if you want to bring a guy back after a two or three month lag in the season when he's been home all day, guys haven't been working out. Like, I wonder when they come back, if they come back, what what this effect this is going to have on injuries across the league, you know, guys are going to be yeah, sitting I, home, not working. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, to, to, to the John wall point specifically part, you know, admittedly, because I've been a little more removed from the, from the day to day coverage of the team this year, uh, being on the Redskins side. And, you know, it, it can be a little bit different feel when you're away than when you're living it day to day. And I'm not saying you speci- or anything, but like, I, I you could tell that people around the team covering the team, we're getting excited every time there would be another incremental John Wall update. And then he starts working out and scrimmaging. I never for one point this year thought to myself he is playing this year or that it even made sense for it, especially with where the team was going. Now, like I said, if we were actually at a point where the Wizards could really make the playoffs and the regular season came back and we played it out, I still would be like, wait, what's the upside here to, to go in as an eight seed and and, and and likely lose to Milwaukee anyway? I mean, even if John Wall plays, he's not going to be all-star level John Wall. He hadn't played in forever. So all that. Uh, to your broader point, though, you're right. This is why the idea of even if they just go straight to the playoffs, like what are we, what are we looking at? I would almost have to imagine that the NBA, again, none of us have a clue what's going to happen schedule-wise. But if they decide to play this out, in the, at least with the playoffs – I almost think, like you said, you have to do some kind of a preseason thing. Maybe it makes sense just to give let every team, even the non-playoff teams, a chance to sort of close out the year a little bit, come in and, and do some things. You know, let the Wizards play, and you know, maybe have a ro- you know some sort of a mini rotation, like the you know the Wizards, Sixers, you know, two close teams play a home and home or something. You know, whatever um, to, to let everybody ha- have a shot. But I can't comprehend that John would would make sense to him because, like you said so many guys are going to be in a position of of risk because they won't have been moving around any real way for a long time so i i i i get why people would be excited but if i i mean if i were putting my wizards hat on from 100 years ago when i was a fan i would i would be in your boat but if from this side i i don't want him to play i would want to wait it out you've waited this long just get to the finish line of this year and then you know work on the off season and get ready for next year all right let's go to the next one um, do you think GM Tommy Shepard was, oh, this is from, uh, sweet Virginia 50. Do you think GM Tommy Shepard wants to, or would make a coaching change after Brooks was hired under the Ernie regime and GMs usually, 
or I should say, after all, Brooks was hired under the Ernie regime, and GMs usually like to pick their own guys. Can I take this one? Sure. So I wrote a story on February 10th in which I spoke to the beauty of being able to do interviews is that sometimes someone will just give you the answer to something on the record, and you don't have to throw out something with sources and then have everybody debate. Well, is it going to happen? Was it? Is it, is it, is it really going to happen? Should we believe this? Here are the quotes on the record, February 10th. I spoke to Tommy Shepard on the record. Here's what he said. He said, we really feel strongly about Scotty Brooks and his staff and their ability to develop young guys. Scotty's had the blueprint since he was in Oklahoma City, and it's worked out well here. His staff has done a great job. And then he listed a bunch of guys who he thought made a lot of development. He really praises development over and over again in this story. He named Mo Wagner, and he named Isak Banga, and he named uh, Andres Pasichniks. And then he says, they certainly all put the work in and the effort, but the coaches put out the roadmap and get where they need to be every year. And so when I asked if Brooks's job was safe, Shepard responded without hesitation. The easiest way to say this is, of course, yes. That was in February. He continued on more. There's more stuff. I'm very, very grateful for the job he and his staff have done. When you have 35% of your payroll, a five-time All-Star, and John Wall not playing, you still have an 82-game schedule to play, and they've made adjustments on the fly, more so because of injuries. And that's one of the most disappointing things, but it happens. But night in, night out, the things we've been able to cobble together this year have been very, very impressive to me. And there's lots more beyond that where he he really, really went all in on praising the job Scott Brooks has done. Now, I know that's been a storyline all year, but when a GM goes out of his way to say that stuff, the initial quote that I read there, and by the way, you can go on The Athletic and read that story. It's, uh, it's from February 10th. The story is called All About Player Development. Scott Brooks's job as Wizards coach isn't in jeopardy despite poor record. When a coach goes all in like that, just saying that kind of stuff, and keep in mind that first quote, I I didn't ask him about Scott Brooks's uh, job status. He just said that. He wanted that out there. Then I followed up, asked him if his job was safe. He said, "Of course, yes." And then we went into a you know another part of the conversation talking about Scott, and he really, really went out of his way to praise him. So when that's the case. When he says, of course, yes, his job is safe. Scott Brooks has one more year left on his deal after this one. $7 million left after this one. How can I think anything other? You know? How can I think anything other than it? And and there are there are flaws to a lot of this team, namely the defense. Uh, there have been things that, that you and I have pointed out about, you know, Brooks' aversion sometimes to Troy Brown and getting away from certain guys. But he's done a good job on other guys, too. And uh, I think uh, Tommy Shepard, you know, people talk about wanting to hire his own guy. And that's also, that's a completely reasonable point, by the way. A lot of GMs come in, they want to hire their own guys. It's not like Tommy Shepard came in from outside the organization. He was the assistant GM who hired Scott Brooks. Uh, he, he's known Scott Brooks for an extremely long time. They've been friends for years and years and years. They share an agent. Uh, they, they've known each other for an incredibly long time. I mean, I remember Scott... When he got his number retired at UC Irvine earlier this year, the people who were there, there were wizard staffers there, and Tommy Shepard was there, and Tommy Shepard was going around showing everybody at Irvine where Scott went to college, that's why he was getting his number retired there, people were 
Tommy was going around showing showing everybody this this surfer board commercial that Brooks did his rookie year in Philadelphia purely to try to embarrass Scott. They they have a really good relationship. They both talk about how close they are. Um not saying it's impossible. It's possible they're, you know, Tommy is just saying the right stuff right now. But you don't usually go all in that positive. You don't commit that hard if it's not going to happen. So I'm just going to approach this the same way we should have when Tommy said outwardly in December, we're not trading Davis Bertans. We want to keep Davis Bertans. And then they ignored all calls for Davis Bertans and didn't trade Davis Bertans. They said, we're not trading Bradley Beal. We want to make Bradley Beal an extension offer. And then they ignored all trade calls for Bradley Beal and signed him to an extension. So I'm going to file this into that court category until proven otherwise. Yeah, I mean, I think all that makes sense. Uh, you know, look, I definitely, like you said, I'm, I, I've definitely quibbled with various aspects of, of Scott Brooks's coaching, but I also, you know, since he's been in Washington, but I also said at points this year, he it was almost like he was like simultaneously in play to be coach of the year, especially early on when they were, you know, a really fun team that were surprising people, but still a candidate to potentially get fired depending on how things played out. Um, and I, I, what, what I, here's what I would say. One thing I think I, I did well during the Ernie Grunfeld run was I had a pretty good sense of what Ted Leonsis was going to do from the standpoint of sometimes fans would say, look, it's obvious you have to get rid of Grunfeld or, or whatever it may be. But I always looked at was there was there a viable reason that the owner could come up with, whether in his own head or to justify publicly that would that would keep Grunfeld. And every year I always found one, and I didn't always think he should be fired, but every year I could come up with one until we got to last year. And before last season, my thought was this is it. If this team doesn't work out, there there's no more excuses. We're not going to go through the whole Ernie Grunfeld era. But so I'm viewing it from that perspective here, and here's what I would come up with. If you had said to me two weeks ago, is Scott Brooks in trouble? I would have said beyond what you just said about what Tommy Shepard's comments, ultimately the owner has to sign off on firing a coach with a $7 million contract next year. And I thought that to me would have been the big hang up. What is, you know, is he, is Ted Leonis is willing to give Scott pay out Scott Brooks, then hire another coach. Even if you pay a coach half of Brooks's cost, it's still $10 million next year for a coach. Right. Plus you presumably a new assistant staff and all that. But now we're in a different world. The coronavirus situation from an economic standpoint is going to hurt all kinds of people. We have no idea what the impact's going to be, but it's going to hurt these NBA teams. Is Ted Leonsis in that environment going to fire a coach making $7 million to then bring in somebody else? I don't see that. And especially when you factor, like I said, what's the what's the rationale? It's not that complicated. John Wall didn't play. This team was, by and large, had, had exceeded expectations. I mean, the bar was low, but, you know, they played hard. Uh, you know, they were fun. Bradley Beal had a great year. And like I said, Scott Brooks did some good things with this group. So I think Ted Leonsis can justify keeping Brooks from like a basketball perspective. And then when you look at it economically, it just doesn't seem like the right time to make a move unless things were just so you know miserable that you had to make a move. I don't think that's where we're at in, with, with the Wizards right now. Yeah, my personal opinion, I, th- I think Brooks did a pretty good job this year. We're talking about it in past tense, like there's no chance they come back. I, I, think, <laughs> right. I think Brooks has done a pretty good job this year. There, there has been more development 
development of young guys than not. And they've played better than I anticipated, even though they just can't defend anybody. Uh, but they've there has been more development of of young guys than than I anticipated, and they have a and you know what we've talked for a long time about improving the culture and all that stuff. Well, you know what a coach gets some of the credit for that too. Not all the credit. The players get a lot of the credit. Obviously, I don't know what percentage you got to divvy it up on, but a coach gets some of the credit for that. Everyone gets a little bit of credit for that, and and they do have a much improved culture, a much improved locker room, a group that really gets along extremely well. There, I Look, I was around last year's losing team, and that was just rough. And Scott has talked about openly. It was just a bad fit of personalities. And he's been critical of himself for the job that he did. And I thought at the end of last year, my, my from my vantage point, he just wasn't happy. And he was so far from the only one. And that locker room, they were on their way to losing 50 games. That locker room was so stuffy, and it was hard, even as someone who's not on the team, when we had to be in there before games and after games, it was just hard to be in there. You know what? They're losing this year, and in the five minutes after they lose, they're not thrilled. It's not like they're walking around being happy, but there's music being played in there pregame. They get along well. They have a lot of upbeat dudes. Nothing is going to bring Ish Smith down. That dude's the most positive human being on the face of the planet. Like, they have a lot of personalities like that, and they have a lot of people who get along well, and a lot of people who are going to come in and do their jobs, and I think that's what they've been trying to do. And from a locker room perspective, it's been better than that. Coach gets some of the credit for that, as do the players, as does the GM for setting a tone for the organization and bringing in the right personalities. So that's worth acknowledging, too. Uh, the, the only thing I would just add to that, I agree with basically everything you said, and Brooks does, I, I like I said, I think they, you know, the, the Wizards did good things this year. You can justify staying the course, but that's based on this year. My concern is, you mentioned the previous year, when John Wall comes back and, you know, presumably, the, you know, there's going to be some other pieces. You know, Jan Mahimi's money comes off the books. So what else are they going to do to, you know, replace there? Are they going to bring in veterans? They have a lot. They have so many kids already. And does, at that point, you know, where are we at with a John Wall, Bradley Beal-led team with some other vets and the Scott Brooks going to be able to sort of get that group it's one thing to sort of put kids in place and get them to play hard especially when bradley beal's doing it but where are we at collectively you know if it, it, it that's my concern is scott brooks the right guy for the next job for the next year again i i think there's other factors that supersede that worry at the moment but that's my bigger that that was the reason why i was would say you could have had explored the idea of moving on not because of what happened this year but because of what happened essentially before this year yep well that's why i asked tommy is his job safe? And he said, of course, yes. I'm moving on to the next one because this is go what we it. always do. We say we're going to go for a little bit and we go for way longer. Uh, I'm, from Al- I'm throwing this one to you. I'll blame you too. I'm throwing this one to you. Uh, Altuve's tattoo. Do you think Mo Wagner is just alone in his house falling down anytime he bumps into something? <laughs> uh, um. I mean, he absolutely should be. Like, I'm not a TikTok guy, Fred. Uh, I'm a little, uh, a little too old for that. But from what I, from when I see the videos, it feels like this is exactly the type of content that should be up there. The guy, the, yeah, the guy who picks up charge after charge, so having somebody film him just walking into things and falling over. This is absolutely what I believe is happening. What should be happening and needs to happen on social media. Somebody work this out. You want to? Yeah, I'm not on TikTok. 
I feel like I have to get on TikTok. I I'll be honest. Like I'm starting to feel old. There are things that are happening that I I just don't latch on to and I still don't really understand what TikTok is. And I feel really old. Like I shouldn't I feel like I should know what TikTok is. I feel like I should be making fun of my parents for not knowing what TikTok is and yet I don't really understand what it is. It's music, it's dancing. Isn't- well, isn't I don't know? Isn't TikTok basically what a Vine was? I, I don't know. I just see the videos. I, I was on Snapchat a, few, a couple years ago for five minutes because players were on there, and I was like, "All right, what's going on here?" And then I looked. I was like, "You know what? I'll stick to Twitter. I'll stick to Instagram. I barely exist on Facebook. Thanks, Zuckerberg." And um, yeah, uh, everything else. God bless you, kids. Let me know. You know, throw, throw me some videos on Twitter every once in a while so I can laugh. But other than that, I'm out. <laughs> Um, quick one from, you know, based on the Twitter handle, I would assume this guy is a bot and yet he's asking the nerdiest question I've ever heard in my life, which is a question that I asked a cap guy yesterday. So I, I, I can give a real answer to, and I'm going to answer it. So I don't think it's a bot. So I think it's a person with a bot name. Cause this is like my, my dad's Twitter handle is a name that's not his, then a bunch of numbers. And I'm like, and he has no profile picture. And I'm like, dad, you look like a bot. And he doesn't really understand why. Anyway, great question. I, 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 I guess I'm throwing Bob's Twitter handle under the bus right now. But Bob, I love this question. Uh, from Bob, 8563208. Do trade exceptions still have the same expiration dates or are they suspended like everything else? I asked that to a cap person, I guess, a couple days ago. And uh, the cap person laughed at me for being like, you're the only person in America who has asked this question so far. I There is not an answer yet. The way that works, obviously, is like, for example, the Wizards have a $5 million trade exception that expires on July 7th. July 7th is supposed to be seven days into free agency. Now, that's obviously not going to be the case. No matter when they come back, free agency is not going to be on July 1st again. Almost definitely. So, are they going to move it back? And uh, it's this is not like a thing they've even discussed. But it seems like the reasonable thing to do is that all expirations, so like trade extension, expirations deadlines, so like trade deadline or not trade deadline, trade trade exception expirations and option dates, because it's not just that. Like You need to pick an option date by a certain date and contracts guarantee on certain dates and all that stuff. Those will be moved back however long the season's moved back. So if the season is moved back 93 days, then those dates will be moved back 93 days. And I, 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 I'm pretty confident that's what's going to happen because it's just that's, that's best for uh, – for both sides. Ben, you said you had one that you wanted to ask that was not asked on Twitter. Uh, no, no. Well, I do actually, I do have a question. Yeah. So this, it was actually technically something we already discussed, but I have, I have a different one and this is just sort of the bigger picture of the whole situation. And that is, well, again, none of us have an idea what's going to happen with the NBA, let alone where we're going with society, how long until we can be out in crowds. But for argument's sake, let's say they, it, it's revealed that three months from today, so the middle of June, right? That's the right. 
I think, right? April, May, yeah. The middle of June, things can resume. And let's just even say, look, the NBA gives the teams a week of effectively a training camp, and then they just go into the playoffs. And the playoffs last what it typically lasts, essentially two months, right? So now we're start we're, we're, we're to the middle of August, and basically the end of August is in NBA Finals. At that point, that's around, and then you still have to go through the draft. You have to go through free agency. And then obviously everybody needs to go away from it all and, and, and rest and, and whatever. At that point, the, the next NBA season would have to be pushed back and delayed. I've seen some suggestions push it back till Christmas. That's when obviously you know, a lot of people view the start of the NBA season on some level anyway. But then if you push that back, now that that season is, is either truncated or it's going to be delayed and this, this cycle to some degree doesn't end for a while. So what would you prefer? Either A, this season goes the way I just said. So we start mid-June, but it doesn't end basically almost till like close to September, which delays the next season and put and so on. Or if we get to that point, just say, you know what? Let's not mess things up going forward. Maybe we can come up with some sort of fun all-star stuff. But the reality is this season, it is what it is. This season's over. We start fresh going forward. Which which would you as Commissioner Katz would you uh, recommend? I would play this year. I would play this year. We did so much this year. Like we've we've all emotionally invested so much. Play it out. Like just play it out. And, and not having a playoffs would affect so much from a basketball perspective. Like we've we've talked so much. It's kind of weird. I've kind of done the same. Everyone has talked so much because I guess reporters are so in the weeds, you know. We like got like Woj breaking news about the NBA's credit line, which is great. He's obviously, you know, as great at his job as you could be, and that's important news. But like things that we could be talking about, and this isn't Woj's job, uh, but things that we could be talking about as opposed to like the NBA's bottom line being affected by this, which is more fun and more relatable from a fan perspective. Okay. People have wondered. If the Bucks don't win the title this year, what's Giannis going to do for the Supermax? I don't know. But they're going to offer him the Supermax this year. If they don't even have an opportunity to win a title, what a what if is that? You know? what? LeBron is 35 years old and on the best team in the West and having as great of a year as you could possibly imagine him to have. This might be an opportunity for, his, for a title with his third team, for his fourth title. What's that going to do for his legacy? What if he misses out on that? What if the Lakers aren't quite as good next year? What if next year is finally when he starts to have a little bit of a downtick? He's not the best player or the second best player in the world. Instead, he's the 15th best player. What happens then? Like, there are so many basketball what-ifs that I think would just be so bad in the long term to look back and wonder. Like, you don't want a 1994 Expos, you know? That was the 94 Expos year, and this was a different situation. That was a labor strike where they just, it went for too long, and they have to shorten 95, too. So, I mean, look, if that's the case, I'm not arguing for playing basketball over health risks. I'm saying if you can play in June, in July, if it's socially responsible to play in July, do it. Have a postseason. Skip the end of the regular season, but have a postseason. Have a short preseason for it. Have three regular season games or whatever, four regular season games, then jump into the postseason. Play play shorter rounds in the first two rounds. You know, play best of five in the first two rounds. I wouldn't even... I think just eliminating the first round 
and just having four teams from each conference make it would be better than not doing it at all. Teams would be furious. Oh my God. Can you imagine Sam Presti? God, I covered the Thunder. And like, can you imagine what the, the Thunder would be doing after after there was so much talk for so many years, the Thunder got screwed by the Rose Rule and the Thunder got screwed by the cap spike. Can you imagine if they just took top four from each conference, Sam Presti's reaction with the Thunder being fifth in the West and just barely missing? Like, Right. I, like, I mean, and I think like I, I'm, I'm probably with you, but I do wonder about like, do you have to figure out ways to shorten it? Like best of sevens, especially in the early rounds, have to shrink to best of five. Or maybe you just say, look, here's the deal. Uh, Ten teams from each conference can make the playoffs, but we're playing a single elimination for the first, you know, until t- t- we get it down to four teams or something. Like, you know, what I mean, like you have to, you know, fine. Everybody has a chance, but we're getting uh you know, we're getting, we're, we're moving along here. We're not, we're not, this isn't going to be the norm. We'll, we'll play something out and, and we'll see what happens, which obviously a single elimination, especially in a year without the NCAA tournament would be a whole other, uh, <laughs> a whole other level of excitement. I don't know. Obviously I have no idea if they would do that, but um, I'm with you on doing something, but I, I do think the time element on some point, you probably can't go the same level of time. You do have to consider the next season and the off season and all these other things, because you can't just push to keep pushing this down the line. So you probably have to come up with something, but yeah. Anything else before we wrap up? Uh, no, man, I just, uh, you know, uh, appreciate the, the, the podcast run. I got to get my, if I, if I can't exercise too much uh, body, at least I can exercise my, uh, you know, my vocal cords. Appreciate that. I exercise my writing chops over uh, covering the Redskins. So, Check that out. Busy, busy times. The Redskins, by the way, literally signed a safety while we were doing this podcast. Oh, great. Well, then I'm going to let you go and do work quickly. I tweeted about it. It's fine. <laughs> quickly before we wrap up, I just want to say I'm not sure what days I'm going to be doing actual podcasts yet because I'm figuring this out just like everybody else is. So subscribe to wizards after dark if you just listen to a random episode here or there subscribe it's free it doesn't take up any of your time or money to do just click the subscribe button right on itunes or wherever else you listen and those episodes will just pop into your feed as i do them hopefully once i kind of get a rhythm going i'll be able to figure out exactly when i'm going to be doing it so i don't have to record them so randomly i don't know the next time i'm going to record i will do one next week maybe two next week uh, but I will I will do pods at least once a week for the length of the suspension. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be doing stuff. So don't worry about that. But just subscribe to Wizards After Dark and those those podcast episodes are gonna pop right up. You can also subscribe to The Athletic. You can get 40% off on a subscription to The Athletic. I'm a big sports fan outside of basketball. And and to me, a time where there are no games being played makes me want sports coverage more. And I feel like if you're like that, you'll really appreciate what we do at The Athletic. You can get 40% off on a subscription uh, at theathletic.com slash Wizards After Dark. Again, that's 40% off on an annual subscription. Comes out to about $36 for the full year, $3 a month. So that's theathletic.com slash Wizards After Dark. You can sign up there. Uh, Please go on iTunes. Give us five stars for the podcast at Wizards After Dark. Leave a review. That's always really nice. When people do that, as I always say, it helps the podcast a lot more than you know. I'll be back whenever the hell I'm back. Well, sometime next week. We'll see. But look out for an episode. You can check on Twitter for updates and that kind of stuff, at Fred Katz or at Ben Standig. 
Whenever I'm back, I'll talk to you guys then.